Hey everybody, this is one of our best episodes that I think that we've ever had on the show. We have Crypto Kaleo on as a special guest. If you don't know who Kaleo is, he's got a very sizable following on Twitter for technical analysis content. So Kaleo is a trader of stocks, he's a trader of crypto assets, he dabbles in NFTs, um, and his charting skills are really, really strong. So he takes us through his history of technical analysis and trading, including some pretty wild stories, like going from $100,000 to $12 million in two weeks, and then from 12 million down to a million in the four weeks after that. It's a wild ride. Uh, it's a longer show than we normally do. We were thrilled to have him on. Uh, I really hope you enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, in today's episode, we have a very special guest, Crypto Kaleo. He's here to talk about Ethereum, crypto, the stock market, technical analysis, the Ethereum merge, the macroeconomic conditions, everything that you could possibly want to know about. As always, nothing in this video is financial advice. We are not financial advisors. The NFT space is insanely risky. So always do your own research, the crypto space too, that is. Uh, and as always, if you enjoy the content, hit the like button, smash the subscribe button, share it with your friends. Uh, and yeah, let's rock and roll. Kaleo, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, of course, man. Glad to be here. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. And, and to give people context, you know, we met through uh, basically Twitter. Uh, you know, we're fans of yours. You popped onto our Twitter show a couple of times, which is awesome. Um, and you're very well known on Twitter yep. as, as being a technical analyst. Are you on the right mic? Me? Yeah, because you have an immense amount of static and it doesn't even sound like you're going through uh, the roadcaster. Whoopsie daisy. Yeah, uh, that, that's a thousand times better. Thanks. Here we, sorry, <laughs> sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to say something, but I didn't want to, you know, like talk crap on your uh, your audio quality the first time coming on here as a guest. Sorry, sorry. I hope I sound buttery smooth, ladies and gentlemen. Music to everybody's ears. Uh, <laughs> so much better. A, 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 a skinny American. <laughs> Skinny Italian American guy's voice. All right, here we go. Um, so Kaleo, you know, we'd love to hear it. I mean, I'll just kind of kick it off, and I know Nick's gonna have a lot, lot of stuff to talk about. Um, you know, how did you get started with uh, technical analysis? You know, trading crypto and and other assets, and um, yeah, if we could just kind of start there, that'd be awesome. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I'm an. By the way, if you guys hear something in the background for anybody that's watching, I apologize. I've got yard people outside. They'll be gone soon. I swear. <laughs> um, but no, I got started. Uh, let's see, 2017 is when I first got involved with crypto, and I, I really avoided, you know, a lot of other investing type stuff before then. Um, I'm an engineer by trade, and and I looked at a lot of uh, different. Lot, lots of data, lots of charts, you know, they weren't price charts, but, you know, other trends with that. And whenever I got involved with the crypto side of things, it didn't take long being plugged into crypto Twitter to see people posting charts and be, you know, try to find some type of trend there myself. Um, and yeah, you know, it just ended up becoming a hobby and becoming more than a hobby. And, you know, here I am five plus years later, still trying to figure out if I can find some trends and shit. So, um, yeah, man, that, that's the long story kind of short with it. So you're a self-taught trader. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that I do isn't by the book or anything else, but, you know, 
what I've realized is that there are a lot of people that can know the book front and back, but if they can't control their emotions and if they don't position themselves well, um, you know, with the risk, et cetera, like they're going to end up wrecking themselves one way or the other. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of it's just that experience of being able to control your emotions through different market conditions and, you know, preparing yourself for really whatever is going to happen. Yeah. So I'm wondering when, when you first got in, like, what was your first, uh, well, where did you start? Did you start trading stocks or where, did you start with crypto? Crypto, man. Um, you know, I, I, I dabbled with stocks, but I was always the classic, just, you know, buy X amount of whatever every time I got my check and, um, you know, twice a month and that was it. So, you know, I would slowly, I obviously had the 401k, but outside of that, you know, I did invest, but it was really passive, you know, and big names too, you know, like Apple, Exxon, you know, some of those type of companies. Um, so it was nothing sexy until, you know, I found out about, uh, Bitcoin back in early 2017. And, you know, like I said, kind of dove down the rabbit hole after that. So, it, and did you, did you start just primarily with Bitcoin and also like, what was your foundations for technical analysis and, uh, and how did that play a role? And at what point did you start implementing any strategies whatsoever? Okay. So yeah, you know, it, it started with, again, you know, I had the exact same strategy with Bitcoin and Ethereum as I did with stocks when I first started, you know, I would just go to Coinbase, like, you know, whoever else buy a little bit of Bitcoin, buy a little bit of Ethereum, stack it. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't until I think April of 2017, because I started, you know, in January. So it wasn't until April of 17 that I had a buddy that, you know, first told me about it to begin with. And he was like, hey, you know, there's this thing called crypto Twitter and there are actually all these other coins that exist out there. And here they are. And, you know, you've got to create an exchange account on something called Poloniex and this and that. So, you know, I started doing that, bought some shit coins. I think my very first one I ever bought was called Gollum. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard of it. It's like, mm -hmm. it was supposed to be the future of decentralized cloud storage, basically. Um, and, you know, Digibyte was one of them. You could go down the list of all the different 2017 shit coins that existed back then. But, you know, it didn't take long before I was like, man, you know, instead of stacking, well, you know, I can just stack, but I can take this shortcut to stack faster if I try to trade and capitalize on some of these movements of the other coins. And, um, you know, at the time, it didn't take long before I realized that, you know, like I was, <laughs> I was god awful at it back then. And I, I, but I was addicted to it. <laughs> so it didn't stop me. Um, and, you know, it, it took a few years, you know, to really figure out a good groove for what I was doing with the market. Because, you know, I think whenever I first entered into the space, rather than having a calculated strategy with what I was doing, you know, mm -hmm. I, I really feel like my strategy was almost more of a gamble, like a roll of a dice. You know, you'd see something, kind of have that gut feel and just go for it, right? There wasn't really a clear-cut strategy that went into a lot of it, right? Um and yeah, so that was that, that was kind of the beginning stages of everything. I mean, you must have had some gain. Well, a couple of questions pertaining to this. So you're you're working another job at this time. You go in, mm -hmm. you start doing trading and uh, there must have been some outside of like 
my friend told me about it. You know, uh, when you start making money during a boom, uh, that's when you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm a genius. And everyone goes through at least, I think, the first cycle of that where you, yeah. do, you do decently and you make money. What, like, how much were you investing at this point in time when you first started? Was it like, you know, thousands of dollars and, and, and just seeing how it goes? Was this like your savings that you were trading? Like, how were you thinking about this? Yeah, you know, I like I, I remember the days when I thought investing a thousand dollars was a lot. Like whenever I first started, I was like, okay, you know, I put a thousand dollars into this Bitcoin thing. Like I bought a Bitcoin, you know, what's gonna happen? Big, big or I bought deal, right? Big yeah, deal. Yeah, like you know, I bought a bought a thousand dollars of Ethereum, you know, now I've got like 20 of these things, like what's gonna happen? And um, you know, as the price starts to go up, you start to sit there and you feel like a genius to all your friends. So, you know, like what I really started with, what my initial obsession with was when I got into the space was purely the tech side of things, right? Like, you know, purely believing tech is game changing and that it's something that once you understand it, that it's not going away. Right. And like that was the fundamental bullish case. And then the trading became kind of a hobby and side obsession. Um past that. But yeah, you know, there were multiple runs within that in 2017 where, you know, had some great trades, felt like a genius and, you know, it didn't take long um, for the market to humble me in 2018, whenever everything reversed mm -hmm. back then. Okay. So you go through one cycle of this. I started looking at your tweets, maybe uh, 2020. Um, uh, actually, I don't know, 2020, maybe beginning of 2021. I, I actually think uh, I, somewhere around that. And uh, you were primarily, if I recall, doing a lot of fractals, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'll look at fractals, but one of the things that, you know, I'll, I'll say with the fractals that I share, right? Like, you know, a lot of people, whenever I share a fractal, they're like, oh man, you know, you're expecting some type of perfect price action to mirror this exactly, right? Like, no, I, I, you know, I, I look for other trends and, you know, if there's a fractal that kind of fits in with the bias of that trend, then, you know, I'll look at it and use it as another data point. And sometimes tracing through that price action, it's a lot cleaner to be able to, you know, draw a fractal on the chart and say, hey, you know, here's an example of whatever, how it happened, how it played out and, you know, what it would look like if it played out again, that it is just draw some squiggles with some lines. So, you know, like it, I, I don't expect perfection out of these fractals every single time I share them. Right. You know, but it is one of those things where occasionally and interestingly enough, and I think this is one of the things that, you know, led to my account gaining some traction at certain points. There have been several major fractal plays that did play out to the T for like weeks on end. And, you know, those were really fun to watch, but then the issue with that is people then become accustomed to, okay, if Cleo's going to share a fractal, like there is perfection that is coming out of this down to the T of every single step. So it sets you up for a high standard to be able to continue forward with that same level of, you know, whatever past that. Um, so you said you're on the sidelines for now. I'm sort of wondering, like in terms of what, what, what did the last year of trading look like uh, for you before we jump into like NFT related stuff? I'm really interested in terms of, well, A, who do you look up to like in the on the technical analysis side? 
Like, did you just start slapping some stuff on, you know, TradingView and that's Crypto Kaleo? Or like, was there like, was there some foundation that got you to this point? And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the other component of that is um, in addition to like the people that you're looking up to, what did last year look like for you on the trading side of things? Were you um, like, are you heavily trading? Is this your main thing that you're doing at this point in time? Like, how has this materialized basically? Yeah, no, of course, man. Um, so let's see over the past, well, you know, I'll, I'll start off with who do, <laughs> who do I look up to? You know, it really started with um, back in the day, a lot of the old classic 2017 names that I paid attention to, you know, like dude, Kobe was always one of my idols whenever I first started back in the day. And I know that he's not a TA guy, but, you know, I always loved paying attention to everything that Kobe was doing and talking about. And he did used to talk more back in the day about other projects, shit, this and that, right? You know, so he did give a little bit more sentiment back then. You know, as far as traders, you know, dude, I always looked up to cred and, you know, heck, funny enough, one guy that I loved to look at his charts back in the day was inverse bra, whatever he was stardust, you know, whatever I first started, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that don't know the background story. He used to be like this big TA guy. His name was crypto stardust and his account one day out of the blue just got, you know, blacklisted. And um, prior to that happening, he had shared this chart with Bitcoin that was inverse and there was somebody on there that didn't get the picture of what was going on there. And they were like, what are you talking about by the fact it's going to pump like you have it going down? And Led Ledger ended up replying to that like it's inverse bra. So when inverse bra's account Stardust got taken down, he ended up creating this inverse bra account. And mm. he just went from this, you know, respectable TA guy to like this meme lord that is an integral character in the CT. So anyway, you know, and just after, you know, a lot of time, I think that, you know, as a trader, you develop your own style, right? And, you know, you, you take bits and pieces from a lot of different people. But, you know, one of the important things is there's no perfect playbook for how to be successful trading, because if there was, you know, everybody would do it, mm -hmm. right? So I think the important thing is finding whatever you see as an edge and being able to push that. And, you know, like one of the things that I noticed was that, you know, I, I did incredibly well in trending markets and, you know, I was able to spot a lot of the major moves before they happened. And, you know, that was another reason why my account ended up exploding last year, because I found a lot of success in that in the trending market. And, you know, whenever the market did, whenever I finally gave in, which was very beginning of January and realized, okay, you know, the market's not going as high as I think. And I think that we're entering into a bear market is really where I took my foot off the gas as far as trading, just because I remembered what happened the last bear market. I was content with where I was, you know, as far as any type of gains, anything else. And, you know, I, I just capital preservation's key. So, you know, that's really where I've been the past six months. You know, I still loved, uh, yeah, I guess it's longer than, you know, nine months. Like, I love to still sit there and, you know, speculate and look at it and look for the trends, you know, because I think that it keeps me sane during the bear market. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, it takes a lot of weight off my shoulders whenever some of these are major, major moves happen that go the opposite direction. Like today, for instance, you know, I thought today CPI, we're going to end up breaking higher. And we obviously had that huge wick lower. I made and, that trade. Yeah. <laughs> and lost. Well, well, on which side of it? Which side of it? I went uh, long <laughs> and that, well, I was pissed because last night I saw it uh, going down some. And I was like, this level looks pretty nice, which was down at, uh, I guess, 1693 um, is where I have a line drawn. And it went off that. Um, that was around 10 p.m. And I'm like, do I want to do I want to enter this trade right now uh, for tomorrow? I should have at that moment. It would have been <laughs> nice because it would have gone up to like 1740. Yeah, I ended up entering near the, the top of where it was. And I was like. Uh, yeah, maybe we're aiming for a break up to uh, 1787 was where my line is, but whatever, it doesn't matter. And uh, so I buy in and then immediately the news comes out. I had a stop loss like built into this because I'm like, th this is either going to, I'm either going to look like a genius or this is just going to cra like crash immediately. And uh, it completely, completely crashed and I got stopped out. I only lost like the, on the first trade, I lost $600. Then on our show... Um, I was discussing buying in more and it immediately, it was just going, the price action looked bad. I ended up, so I lost another hundred and then I'm like, okay, this is it. This is finally the bottom. I'm going to buy back in, went and bought back in. It went up and then just promptly, uh, <laughs> completely dumped again. It's now in this range. It's been sitting in this range. I, ha I have two lines I've been watching. It's just been stupid trades on my part. And I'm sitting there being like, why am I like, why did I do this? Like, what was the, this weekend I had a trade where I made like a, a, a thousand bucks and then, um, that puts and, the hook in you. You're yeah, like, yeah, and more trades. Yeah, exactly. That was what happened. I hadn't <laughs> traded for a bit, made a little bit. And then was like, all right, let's fucking go. I could just print money. I <laughs> forgot about that. You know, exactly. Dude. You, you know, it's tough, man. It, okay. And actually, I thought about it. So I, I had made one other big trade this year since January. That was the breakdown from 40K um, down to like that 28K area. I ended up like, I, I rode it from about 40 to 31 when I like ended up getting out. So I didn't ride it all the way down to the 28 range. But, you know, that one did play out really well. And then that's what I uh, it was like, okay, I am you were done, short. done for now. Because I, you know, yeah, I was short leading into it, right? But at that point, you know, I expected that, OK, this is going to be the bottom of this range and we're going to sit here for the next year, you know, with 30K as the base. And you'll have plenty of time to be able to stack and accumulate. Didn't take long before we lost that. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, looking at it again, it's just that's why in the bear market slash crap market, you know, dude, I'm fine with just being patient. You know, capital preservation is key where you're talking about, you know, not positioning yourself in any type of over leveraged situation. To where you're, you know, if you're wrong on a trade, you're going to sit there and not have any capital left whenever the next bull run does start, right? You know, it's all about survival, both, you know, as far as what you have on your stack, but also, you know, mentally. You don't want to be at a point where you push it too far and, you know, because you are wrong, you know, you are mentally fatigued and then you miss out, you know, by not being able to have the stamina to survive until the next cycle. So, you know, that's my thing right now where, you know, I would love to be like, actually, dude, I felt like an ass just a bit ago because, you know, I shared a thread where I've been openly bullish about thinking we're going to go back to the high 20s, maybe low 30s for 
the past several weeks. And, you know, I felt like one of the things when you're a larger account, you get a lot of people that, you know, attack you from whatever side. So the more that you get attacked with that, the more your pride kicks in to where you get a little bit more, you know, a little bit more gusto behind your tweets. And I, I had a lot of gusto recently, man. <laughs> so it took a lot of pride to be able to sit there and say, okay, you know, I actually think we are, you know, there's a decent chance that we do go, but, you know, quite a bit lower from here now. And, you know, it's tough to say. Like, I, I actually hope the people that are in the comments right now, like there's so many, there's a shit ton of comments that are like, okay, just do the opposite of what Kaleo says now. You know, like that's a bottom tick. I would love that. Like, I would love nothing more than that. But, you know, like, again, that's part of the game. You know, you end up dealing with a lot of those type of voices and you just, you have fun with it, man. If it's not fun, then it's not worth doing. Our comments have been mostly positive on uh, on YouTube. So I don't know. No one, no one, uh, uh, no one here is like, look at this counter signal, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> hey, but bro, I would love, like, you know how much power is in your hands if you, like, if I did somehow become this ultimate counter signal, like, that is just about as powerful as being, you know, the ultimate whatever else signal, right? Like, yeah. so I would not mind if somehow I was wrong that my thread bottom ticked and I became this ultimate counter signal because it's an easy trade, right? You know, you just tweet shit and you do the opposite of what you tweet. And, you know, like, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, so I'm wondering, like, in terms of your own performance, are you living off of your trading or do you have another job? Like, like what's, what's the structure here? And um, for you, is, is trading literally your primary income source i guess is maybe what i'm leading to uh, yeah i mean i i did well enough last year thankfully that you know there there have been multiple opportunities that have come up where you know the irony of the situation back in 2020 whenever the covid crash hit i was not in a position where you know i i, I was killing it right like i was down on my luck i was you know between jobs i i was down on my trades entering in through COVID. I didn't have capital set aside. I mean, heck, I was literally going door to door selling windows, you know, as an engineer, as a petroleum engineer, it was a really humbling experience, but I was determined that I was not going to take money from anybody, that I was going to figure out how to work my way out of whatever hole that I was in, regardless of what I had to do. And there were a lot of companies that I, you know, I went to that I was trying to talk to back then that within the last six months, you know, on the oil and gas side of things, like I've gotten a lot of calls about, hey, what are you doing right now? Are you available? Can you come back? We need engineers. We need this and that. And, you know, because I did, you know, thankfully take it easy at the end of last year going into this year, you know, I'm at a point where, you know, I, I can coast for a while and I don't see myself going back there. So, you know, combination of that and, you know, trying to trying to turn, you know, this platform into something as well. You know, I think that there's an opportunity there down the road as well. Um, and yeah, man, you know, I, I like, I love kind of doing what y'all are doing, having a voice in this space and being able to connect with people. Um, so, you know, I, like I see that being a big part of my future as well. 
Uh, awesome, man. I, I was muted. Uh, I mean, look, obviously being a content creator is incredible. Nick, I know. So Nick, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know, Nick's the one out of the two of us that has technical trading experience and a whole lot of it. So, you know, I want to definitely an extreme level of technical trading ex uh, experience. It's a, it's a crazy amount. And I just want to, you know, give him uh, the floor, obviously, to, to dive deep with with Kaleo on the technical side, because we don't always have people like that. You know, if you don't, Nick, then I definitely have questions for Kaleo I mean, too. I, yeah, I, I have a bunch more. I, I just don't didn't know if you dominate the conversation, buddy. I I also think live charting is good. No, no, I don't get jealous, Nick. You can go ahead and go uh, nuts. You you can uh, keep Kaleo all to yourself for the next I, couple I, minutes. I, I wasn't concerned about uh, jealousy, <laughs> but um, well, I, I it, so a couple of things. One that you just mentioned, Po, is about actually looking at charts, which would be interesting. Uh, like, so okay, so it sounds like you did decently enough. Uh, but it's more like money put aside right now. And so you're sort of figuring out the next steps. Would that be like an accurate uh, sort well, of assessment? Yeah, you know, there's money set aside right now, you know, and like that'll be, you know, as long as I'm smart with my money, that'll be plenty to last me for years. But, you know, at the same time, there are opportunities. Like one of the funny things that happens whenever you quote unquote make it in some people's eyes they're like well you should never take money for anything you ever do ever again because if you're successful why would you ever try to monetize something you do right you know but like with my spaces and with that platform i've had the opportunity to partner with ftx so you know that does provide some other passive income right and i think it's important to be able to look at opportunities like that, where I've been extremely selective with who I partner with on opportunities. And I know you guys partner with FTX also, you know, but reputable exchanges that you trust, that you use yourself and reputable um, platforms or projects, you know, there are th things like that that I'll look into, but, you know, I'm not sitting there. It's not something that has to happen, but I do think that it is wise to be able to still focus on, okay, you know, I want to have some form of revenue, some form of income outside of just, you know, taking this trading money that I've accumulated and then sitting there and siphoning it to zero eventually, right? You know, I think there are opportunities there that I'll be able to continue to build. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of other partnerships and stuff that I could take that I'm not taking because it doesn't match up with my ethos. So, you know, that's, one of the things that I, I think just patiently and selectively looking for opportunities, there is something that, you know, can be a source of revenue going forward as well. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having sponsorships by reputable platforms that you already use, like you talked about with FTX. In the crypto space, I think that there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, like, you know, nefarious behavior there just is because the technology kind of lends itself to making it really easy to extract money from people that don't have as sophisticated of an understanding of the technology a technology as like someone does if they're like a hacker or something um so i think sometimes that that sort of blends into legitimate people having sponsorships and stuff like that but obviously you know if you're passionate about the space if you're good at what you do you want to ingrain as deeply as you can and you have to have a job right you have to be making some kind of money just like everybody else does yeah, exactly, man. You know, so that's one of the things that like there are a lot of people that will just completely discount it or say it. But, you know, the funny thing is, you know, uh, like two things. One, I think that a lot of the negative connotation does happen with it is associated from people that are, you know, bad actors in the space. Right. You know, so that 
the actions of a few spread to the actions of everyone else as far as the perception in a lot of people's minds. But one of the things that I think that, you know, is really funny, a lot of the people that are here, you know, they use find whatever platform. If they had an opportunity to be able to do it, you know, it is something that I think is, you know, like you have opportunities that these type of partnerships can also present you, right? You know, as far as being able to build something else with your brand down the road, you know, partnering with people that are, you know, have a good footing in the space is something that if you're ever trying to build anything, like you want to be able to leverage those partnerships. So yeah, man, it's something that I'm proud of. And, you know, again, I, I like, I will definitely look for, you know, selectively, but there are opportunities that I know, you know, will continue to come from that down the road as well. Um, so this is a technical analysis or you 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 have a lot of experience with technical analysis. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to quiz you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, in terms of this, this, this is the gotcha question section of the podcast, Kaleo. Oh, like, shit. <laughs> um, hey, just trust me, man. I I've been gotcha all day on Twitter, so it's what? fine. Like I'm used to it. Okay, first question: Do I make a trade here? So, do I go long and uh, and do I long this up to sixteen sixty five? Yes or no? I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> this well, is financial I mean, advice. It depends. Or you know, like I just shared a you know pretty bearish thread a little bit ago. So I mean, like I just you, looked at you some of your Galeo or you whatever. I so I looked at some of your um, uh, fractals that you had here, which just showed absolute things uh capitulating well, for to an extreme degree <laughs> Dude, so I'm, ETH BTC still looks really strong though man like ETH BTC while you know while BTC has been dumping ETH relative to BTC has been really strong so you know you can look at it it's primarily retraced fully that loss that it had from you know 24 hours ago so it's back to 0.08 and Dude, I still think there's a strong chance that we see ETH BTC back to 0.1, 0.11, that range. So, you know, if you're going to long anything, um, you know, I, I still think the move is ETH versus BTC. But again, it's just going to be an interesting narrative where I don't think now is the time to do it. I think that, you know, a, a month or two ago was a great time to do it, you know, leading up to the merge. But day of, dude, a lot of the time these events just lead to be sell the news type of events. So I'm just... You know, if you're looking to make any trades, I like there are a lot of people that like to try to gamble on that um, on that type of event. But I just think that it's not as it's not the type of trade that I like to take. All right. Second question. How many levels are the right number of levels to have on a chart? And is this the correct Bro, where, where are you getting all these lines from? I had, like, I saw, like zoom out and explain some I, of these. I, I had, so I had someone in my Discord. The problem is, is I hop into the hourly and this is where I end up uh, sometimes drawing the lines. I don't know how to in trading view set up a separate one for like weekly, like how I set up a separate weekly chart, but I don't want to lose these okay. lines. You know, I'll give you, I'll give you one hint for a couple things that you can do. Right. Okay. One, there are multiple ETH USD charts that exist. So you can use different ETH yeah. USD charts, like so from different exchanges got and it. you can have like different setups on each one of those exchanges Two. You can also color code them if you really want them all on one chart, right? You know, like 
if you say, okay, well, this is a weekly resistance, this is a monthly, this is a mm. daily, hourly, whatever, you can color code them, right? But yeah, see, there, there's okay. a clean chart, clean plate for you to be able to play. Oh, this is feeling so fresh. Okay, that just <laughs> so that's the first one. Is there not a way for me to take this same item though and like have different versions of it? I don't know. So that, that like, because I, I want to save like my I, hourly chart, my daily chart, my weekly chart. I mean, nah, like it's what you put on that specific chart for that exchange is going to stay there. If you really want to have a different one, the only way that I know of currently would be saving it with a different ETHUSD exchange chart. Okay. Right? Well, you just gave me one of those paths. So I'm going to just go with uh, that one. Ooh, look at VIX. VIX was the nice one, the nice trade <laughs> here for uh, a bit. So we'll switch over to this. Okay, so we're back into a clean chart. I'm liking this approach. This is uh, this is interesting. So you're saying, so how do you when you usually approach this? What sort of your like go to, um, like, let's start at the top. Like, what are you looking? I know you mentioned crypto cred, and he likes starting off, off uh, most of his videos over at the weekly. What are you like if you were to go and start doing looking for opportunity? Well, let's step back for a moment. You said you just aren't. Um, you may be drawing on charts, but but you're not actually looking at opportunities right now. You're looking, you're waiting for uh, the market to change. Uh, you said that could be a year. Is that on your side, Pia? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, you said it could be a year, could be two. two. We have no idea. Um, but what are you looking for? Like, what are you waiting for before we even jump into like anything in the chart? Dude, first and foremost, you know, like I'm a degen at heart. So there, there probably will be a play one day that I see that I'm like, man, I like, I have to do that. And I just forget everything, you mm -hmm. know, set aside my discipline and ape in, but you know, at the moment, thankfully I, I like, I'm just not there. I, you know, I really realistically think that, you know, one that, I don't know, I guess I can maybe share this with you that I look at historically and like it looks like pure shit right now i think, I think your screen uh is shared pia you can swap over to his screen i think here well let me share it real quick i've got a i am not sharing it at the moment so we'll go window people are hating on the fact that i'm not using dark mode yo okay so i am sharing it now <laughs> okay so the having cycles here we go now right? we're like, talking i've always been a big fan of the happening cycle narrative and that's why it's really difficult for me and like why I hope I look like an ass and that this ends up playing itself out you know like this line right here there are a lot of people that'll sit there and you know like it's similar line to whatever you see on the rainbow charts you know there are people that use those mm. rainbow charts and whatever they have like same type of thing right the rainbow so, you know, charts meaning hey, Pio, I think you meant to mute yourself the, <laughs> very funny the <laughs> rainbow charts meaning the stock to flow model correct Kaleo uh, different models, different okay. models. Like okay. if you go to like Eric Wall, for instance, he's a big proponent of it. He'll share it. But, you know, where this base log curve actually derives itself from, you know, it, it was an obsession of mine for a while to be able to trace back and be like, okay, what is actually driving the support curve? Because, it, you know, it can't just exist out of nowhere. So I've got an Excel sheet, you know, which I'm not even going to try to dive in. Who knows what I'll accidentally pull up if I pull that up. But, you know, like the Excel sheet that I worked on, you know, has the total supply curve of BTC matching that curve nearly perfectly, right? So, you know, it, it does show the logarithmic um, decay of that curve as it continues forward. 
And, you know, so like, it's just historically been a level that's held. And, you know, if you understand the supply demand economics of the happening and really what drives a lot of the supply that's flooded onto the market for BTC from the miners, like it makes sense as far as, you know, each happening cycle, you're getting half the supply that's being dumped on you because, you know, these miners are having to pay. For, so, you know, as long as demand at least is relatively similar, you know, and hopefully growing, this curve, you know, ends up supporting itself. So, so well, where are we on that curve right now? Like if you zoom in, well, where, where we, we are, we're right here, but that has fully retraced itself. So if you look at it, you know, we're at like 20,200, it's like right there. So point being a move down to like 12 K would completely invalidate this curve and would lead toward um, a new narrative, which is something that's difficult for me to really, because it's something I have been married to for so long. I mean, like since 2017, man, that I've been paying attention to this, but you know, all good things eventually come to an end. So if it does, you know, it's not something that you should sit there and be like, okay, well, does this mean Bitcoin's dead? No, I don't think it does. Um, you know, hopefully it holds and hopefully, you know, the thread that I just shared that has that fractal with BTC going down to there, hopefully that's wrong. But, you know, anyway, like this is one thing that I've always paid attention to and why I have thought that this range is a decent area to be able to stack in. You know, the other thing outside of just that support curve, you can look at the time range. So time from the happening to the base of the cycle, Right. You know, right there, it was 778 days on after that happening. This one, it was 872 days, you know, from the 2016 having to, you know, the bottom in 2018. So right now, you know, the bottom that we've seen so far, that was 788 days into it. So we have not formed a new bottom since then, but it's right in that range that we have historically seen the bottom fall. And, you know, uh, I'm not sure where are we as far as the days right now, because I haven't drugged this out for a while. Say that we make a new bottom. It's still 866. So if we get a new bottom sometime in the next few days, it's still in that window. So I still think time wise, regardless of the price level, I still think time wise that we're getting closer to the bottom. Like if it's not in, I, I still expect it to be in in the next couple months. And, you know, like you just accumulate in that green range each time. Right. So like that's where I think that we are. And that's kind of been my strategy isn't necessarily trading this because I don't want to chop myself to shreds in whatever base range we're forming. I would rather stack because I think that is the higher IQ play and just stack patiently. And as you can see, you, we've had time historically to be able to stack in that range. So that's a game plan, right? Like that's why I'm not actively trading. I'm stacking high conviction plays, whether it be BTC or ETH. If it dips, that just means, you know, better entry. So all the better. Like, does it hurt my clout, my pride? If it dips beneath where I thought it was going to, sure. But like, does it hurt, you know, financially? No, like I'm, I'm fine and I'm prepared for that. So first of all, thank you for everything you just said, Kaleo. That was absolutely fantastic. And I agree with basically everything. So I have a question. So you talk about the bottom and this is the stock to flow model. Uh, was it invalidated technically? Yes, it was. However, look historically. You you remember 2017, right? You remember all these times. Well, maybe not this early, is but this if you, you sharing your own screen, this is me sharing my uh -oh. own screen. Oh god. So so Kaleo, every time we hit the bottom, right? 
the, and the colors, by the way, everybody, the, the rainbow colors here, those indicate how far we are from the next halving cycle. So if you take a look here, historically, the bottoms have always come in this blue territory and specifically the darker blue. We aren't there yet. So Kaleo, I don't know. Does this mean anything? Am I out to lunch? Well, I think that we're going to hit bottom in the next few months, like you talked about, when you get to that point that we're that far out from the next halving cycle that we have that deeper blue. Yeah, I mean, hey, could the deeper blue be it? Sure. I think it paints the exact same picture of kind of what I was talking about a bit ago, though. You know, just visualized differently where, okay, we should be in kind of that sweet spot where you should be focused on just stacking those higher conviction plays. Um, whether it's BTC, ETH, Soul, whatever it is that you think is going to be around the next cycle and is going to do well, I think that should be your primary purpose right now. And this comes from like an extremely active trader. You know, I looked at, I've been tidying up and finishing the rest of my, <laughs> like buttoning up to finally finish my 2021 taxes before Same. the end of October. And it's been a lot of fun. But anyway, looking through all of that, seeing my activity for last year, it was absolutely insane. Like, you know, I've got, I think, 1.2, 1. something million lines of trades that were made. And like, what? you know, a lot of those trades were from large orders that, you know, they split them out individually. So say that you buy like a million dollars of BTC, you know, it breaks it out you know, between all the different block orders that were, mm. you know, set in there to begin with. So you may get like a $5,000 fill, a $20 fill, a $50,000 fill, all of that bulked into one order. So anyway, like it, it, it's over a million lines worth of trades, though, from last year so that are in there. You're buying a million dollars at a time with your trades? I mean, last year, dude, I was doing some crazy, like, actually, if I look, here, the dumbest thing I did, I like ended up losing a decent amount here. I was in a 1000 BTC long and I moved the price of Bitcoin a couple hundred dollars like, there, <laughs> like on this wick. And then I ended up basically retracing it and selling it like for break even, except for minus the fees. And the Sorry. fees were probably hundreds of thousands. <laughs> 1000 Bitcoin long. So you're, you're, you have $63 million that you're managing. This I, I is mean, I was like, I was an absolute degenerate idiot, man. Like to, <laughs> to just put it that way, so, it was so absolutely stupid. I was playing with, you know, let's see, dude, I was probably playing with like, 8x leverage on you know uh, whatever position it, it was absolutely just god tier stupid um, um well <laughs> uh, okay yeah i mean that that's pretty ridiculous but even at 63 million dollars that means at 8x position means that you were still exposed nearly eight million dollars that you had liquid that you were trading well, on that and then on top of that, I think I had some other alt longs also. So I think it was just 8x for just the BTC <laughs> the position. Fuck? So yeah, it was like, I, Wait, I, I mean. Well, how much money are you trying to make is the first question <laughs> I have. Like actually. Well, you like, know, and that, that's the thing that resets you like, you know, and the shittiest part about all this, again, looking back at it, when I was trading here, right? Like, I, or, no, that wasn't November. Shoot, I, I was talking about April 21, right? So April 21, not there. So it was here, you know, it was like 60, whatever to there. Anyway, so there was when I was entering into that stupid trade. And then like, you know, right here, I was still knocking windows or knocking on doors to sell windows and to try to pay rent. 
And so, so what, what would be your approach just, at that point? You were just collecting and accumulating? Dude, I just had some really fortunate multiples, whether it be on options or, you know, degenerate option plays or some other, you know, like hitting doge early mm. and some other stuff. And, you know, multiples multiply, 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 right? What do you, In the trending market. And what, that was that was kind of what helped set me up for the rest of uh, the rest of the year. So... I mean, I did one options trade and I made 40,000 with $400, but it wasn't at a point where I'm now like doubling up and to a point where I had millions that I was managing for this. What I mean, okay. So man, I have so many questions about this that like the first thing is you're selling windows door to door and you have some huge wins with a, where are you trading options for these sorts of things? Like how do you trade options on crypto? Well, no, I mean, I was trading options in the stock market as well. Like, you know, I don't talk about stock stuff as often these days, but, you know, like, I've, you know, if you followed me for the past couple of years, I've shared a lot of a lot of options plays as well. I mean, heck, actually, last year at the end of, you know, here through there, I had a really, really hot option streak. Tesla, um, right? A lot of Tesla? Yeah, a lot of Tesla, other EV plays. And then, you know, I like go and retrace a good chunk of that with some qqq and uh amc call <laughs> so, so i uh yeah like that was fun you know i think that i made about like three point something million there with tesla and some other calls and then ended up what? retracing let's see out of those how, games how, i think i much? lost about 2.8 million of them. so, so- <laughs> I mean, still, you end up net a, an incredible gain. How much did you put in to end up making $3 million? Um, okay, so my my game plan there, and again, this is just completely degenerate, but like what's typically paid off for me in the past, my biggest wins that I've ever had have been these super high conviction, you know, insane plays, right? So like Tesla, if I go to Tesla, Tesla was an insane play where I was sitting there looking at it you know, if you're sitting right here going in October, right? Like I saw this flag type formation happening. And, you know, I looked at all these other breakouts from the different flags. I'm going to go one day, get a little bit more granularity, right? So like each one of these had these massive upside events where, you know, within a week, you know, I looked at the date and price range and I was like, okay, each breakout that they've had, it's been like, you know, 35 bar, so like a month and 100% gain. And you could go back and do that with a bunch of these. So you're like, month. So this breakout was, you know, 10 bars, 80% gain. So I was looking at each one of these massive impulse moves and I was like, okay, this is going to happen. So the way that I positioned myself, I think that I was putting about like 20 to 25K a week into just month out calls where, you know, I was like month out about, whatever percent above the money, you know, out of the money calls. And I was just letting them expire. So I was just rolling a bunch of these different calls rather than. <laughs> Hold on. So you're at this point, had you already accumulated a bunch of capital to be able to place weekly 25 K bets? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I, I like, you know, the BTC, whatever move that I talked about and all the other DJ shit from April, I, I ended up, Losing a good chunk of that money, but you know, I had enough capital set aside to where you know, I'm still able to be degen with it. So, anyway, um, so there's like 25k a week that I would just dump in, and I like, was it absolutely insane? Yes, because I started at the beginning of August. So, if you look actually end of July, 
So from like here through there, every single week, losing about, you know, actually it started, I didn't start losing until about a month out, but losing about 20 to 25K, right? And you're just sitting there and you feel kind of crazy. So by the time that finally happened, I think that I had lost about, you know, 250K on this play, right? It'd been about two and a half months, 10 weeks, you know, it was a good amount, but that's how much I had into it. And then when that breakout finally did manifest and I had those, you know, calls that were still sitting there because I was always one month out, right? I bought X amount of calls one month out each time, you know, each week. And when it finally hit, those blew up and, you know, it was like a multi-million dollar trade. But, you know, I had to sit there and have conviction for months where it was, okay, like I'm losing money. Everybody's calling me insane. Everybody's saying this is going to break down, but I believe it's going to break up. So I'm just going to keep dumping money into it until like it finally resolves itself. And was I hedged? No. But, like, um, you know, like that's an example. Yeah. Right. So, so you're basically yellowing naked calls straight up week after week, and yeah. and be, and because it's a month out, you, at any given moment, you're you're at least exposed to three to four uh, contracts that you have, and uh, you get a decent amount of upside because um, short shorter term options get the most volatility and get the most gains. Weekly options get you can get some huge gains. I did some trades with that, but most of the time you're losing. Um, but okay. So, so this sets the stage for some of your crypto trades. What now? What, well, what? Hey, just quickly though. So like Bon go on there, you know, I'm reading the comment risk management hundred. Yeah. Was there risk management in anything with that strategy? No, from that sense, but you know, from the sense that could I have dumped my entire capital in at the very beginning and, you know, played it differently? Yes. So like, I looked at what I was willing to lose each week, right? And I capped it at that. So rather than, you know, aping in 100% at the beginning, I spread out what I was investing, you know, from that weekly portion and played it from, so, you know, a little bit of a twisted risk management, but like there was still risk management involved from like that perspective with it, right? So, but yeah, so th this is, Okay, so you go from the the what was the greatest risk you took before you were doing this trading, and uh, I don't want to get into your physical uh, composition, but <laughs> I just want to say, I mean, it's got to be like the ball's got to be pretty large at this point in time when you're just slinging millions of dollars because you said you were basically knocking on doors, door to door sales essentially. Um. So I'm tr I'm trying to figure out like what that transition was like, and when you're watching that volatility of you losing twenty five thousand dollars a week, or had you just already been uh, the type of gambler that went to the casino and just kept throwing the whole paycheck Dude, at the no, at the table? No, 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 no. <laughs> the closest that I ever got to it was like old school RuneScape back in the day. So <laughs> I used to I used to play old school RuneScape whenever I was, you know, late middle school through high school, whatever. And I would go to the dual arena. Like I do two things, dual arena and like PKing, which was called player killing. You know, you go to the wild, you fight people, you risk whatever you have on you and you're trying to get whatever they have on them. So like the dual arena though, was the ultimate degen where you are just, you know, whoever wins the match wins it all, you know, whatever's put up. And I had a run where, you know, in the dual arena, I went from like 100K to hundreds of millions of GP and 
you know, the, just the felt rune, great. The, the RuneScape currency. Yeah, yeah, the RuneScape currency, right? And like got all these rare items, etc. And then one day I went full tilt when, you know, there was a guy that had a faster internet connection than me. And I knew that's what he was doing. He had a way faster ping. So he was always able to get the first hit. So like statistically, he was winning basically every single time, even though he had worse stats. And I, I just didn't care. I went full tilt, like lost it all. And, you know, like that was when I realized, okay, like there's a bit of a gambling issue built in that, here, right? That's me and, when I, uh, at, at the last trade at my, at the, every poker table that I'm at where I'm just like, ah, I'm tired with this game all in. <laughs> like there is some point that's going to happen. So what, did you just lose it all on one, on one, uh, did, like, how did you lose all that money? Or I, I mean, it was like one, one person. I mean, like I said, I just, I was like, my stats are better. I trusted my stats. I was like, I know how good I am at this and that, but they had some glitch where either they had a faster ping or something, but point being, they had like a glitch in the system where they keep beating me, but I was so prideful that I was like, I'm going to keep going back and, you know, martingale my way out of this. And I martingaled my way straight back to zero. <laughs> so, and you know, like I said, that's where, where I've been. I mean, heck, several times in trading, too, where I recognize that same type of pattern. You know, like that April run that I had where, you know, my volume was $4 billion plus. Dude, I had, I had a run up from, you know, like that, that was my big, big run, right? It was April of 21 where, you know, I, I ran up from like 100K to 12 mil. And, Jesus. you know, within, within, I think, two or three weeks. What? Uh, yeah, hundred k to twelve mil, and like I, I actually, I think it was two weeks. Wait, so uh, so so what? Well, your life changed. I think that I think that's well, probably no, what I. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Let me finish the story because it gets like it sounds great, right? It sounds sexy. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened, and you know, dude, I was sitting there sharing like one to two million dollar PLs every single day. Like I thought I was god tier. Every single thing that I touched would just play out exactly how I planned it. I think that's and, when I followed you around that time was probably yeah. just like, this guy doesn't miss. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> God tier, man. Like, you start to believe it. And you start to believe that there's nothing wrong that you can do. So like the aspiration that started at 1 million, all of a sudden that went to 10 million. And when you hit it, you're like, well, hell at this point, you know, 100 mil is only a 10X away. You know, oh, so yeah. you start to have that mentality. And I retraced that from 12 mil down to 1 mil within another month. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, what, what me, was what was that like? Like, so you're down to one million. Did you like? Did you go on a break? Like, what what happened at that moment in time? Oh man, yeah, yeah. That was a little bit <laughs> like you know. I went a little bit of a break, but you know, it was just kind of went patient throughout the summer because we went to where we were just lower, or whatever. So you know, from there stacked a lot of Luna during the summer, was able to ride that up some. And, you know, thankfully that ended up playing out okay. And thankfully I wasn't a lunatic to where I was married to Luna and that I put my life savings and kept it in there. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, I've had several runs like that where, you know, it's just a run up and, you know, you retrace a decent amount of it because the same risk that you utilize to be able to get that type of, you know, quick gain, if you don't adjust your, risk levels as you are adjusting those gains you know you're setting yourself up for failure eventually with that right so like that's my whole thing right now i just know i know my mentality where i am you know i know what i have set aside and i'm 
comfortable with it. I'm confident and okay, I can survive a bear market. And I don't want to push, like, I just don't think the market conditions are right to put the foot on the pedal with the gas, right? Like, you know, it's better to just sit back and to be able to, you know, be patient with whatever's going on and, you know, like survive. So I, I charge a very small fee in case you're wondering for uh, a sort of uh, consulting service. And what, what I do is I give you my number, uh, you give me a call and I'm going to say, take them gains. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and you end up taking a piece of those gains. It seems like you've learned that lesson. Um, but that, that's exactly what uh, I've definitely been there. Um, so, the, the, well, I was going to say the worst thing too, and you know, I never said this back whenever I was on my FTX days, you know, I could only withdraw 9k at a time. So when you're not able to withdraw any of that, like, you know, all the money's still on the table. And again, I was treating it at that point of time, whenever you have that level of success, like my, and like, this is important for anyone to listen to, because like thinking going into the next bull market, you need to know this, right? You are going to go on hot streaks in crypto right? Like it's going to happen. And, you know, like you've got to be able to take some off the table because eventually the market will humble you. And that was my whole thing right there where I wasn't able to take it off the table. You know, I got overconfident in whatever I was doing and, you know, the market ended up humbling me and, you know, it only takes, it takes enough of those, you know, that happening a few times before you finally realize, okay, oh shit, like I actually do need to take this, but you know, like it's important. You're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, let me tell you about the last time that I ran my account up to $12 million. <laughs> I, I got to two uh, or like, you know, the, but I take way, way less risk than you do. Um, and I think oftentimes, I mean, the big distinction is that you continued, you continued forward the, where that could have gone wrong is if the market eventually capitulated earlier in the cycle then uh, like, like time and luck plays a major, uh, a, a major role when you're taking those big, that large of shots. What, real quick question, last thing on this, and then it looked like Pio had some questions and you had some charts pulled up there. What, um, what with that from one to 100,000 to 12 million, was that a leveraged or was that options or what, like what exactly was that oh, trade? All leverage, you know, basically just rolling one winner into another, rolling one winner into another and nailing them all perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, that was, yeah. I mean, heck, I, I still think about that sometimes. And, you know, here, here's one thing that I fully, fully believe, right? Like, you know, like, dude, my faith is really important to me, right? And I think that I was getting in a position where, you know, one of the things I'm most grateful about for like the whole window knocking era was that it really took me back to my roots of, okay, you know, I had trusted in myself for so long that I realized like, okay, it took me to hit rock bottom to realize, okay, I'm in a situation where like, I need God to get out of this, right? Like, you know, I need to lean on him, trust him. He's got a plan. And whenever you start to have those type of gains, no matter how much that you think that you are going to do good with the gains that you get, right? Like you can reach certain levels. Like I realized that like the money and the gains and the fame started to take the place that like God should have in my life. And, mm. you know, I like as terrible as it sounds, it just like it humbled me and I was okay with that. You know, like 
Favorite passage of mine, James 4, 13 through 17 says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So like, dude, that's the thing that carries me through the market, right? It's understanding like at the end of the day, whether I, you know, profit or not, like it doesn't change the trajectory of what I'm living for and where I'm going. Well, you can replace at any given moment in your life, whatever that higher power is for yourself. And I feel like that's something that ends up, uh, we, we oftentimes do it with something which is um, probably not in our best interest. Ego and other things can get in the way. So it's uh, interesting to uh, hear you do that. So the, um, and, and it's incredible that you were able to navigate, you know, a challenging uh, experience because, you know, 99% of people plus um, can't say that they've had that experience. Uh, so I, sure, I surely haven't. So uh, props on sticking with it. And what it sounds like to have the, you know, still today to have uh, sort of uh, the foresight and wherewithal to say, you know what, I'm going to just pause on this thing for, for uh, a period of time. Um, and that, yeah, I mean, that, that's something that requires a level of maturity, um, which I think is sort of, you know, you, you uh, uh, learn over time. Um, but anyways, I mean, congratulations on that. So right now, uh, last thing I'd, or, and Pia, did, did you have a question? Cause I, I think I also saw that you had that chart pulled up. I am interested in this fractal and you're uh, walking through it, but uh, what were what? you going to say? The chart I had pulled up, aka no, the stock no. and flow chart, the only chart that's important. No, I'm not. I'm oh, okay. not talking. I was talking about Kaleo's chart. Oh, okay, not, just I'm checking. Not, just checking. I'm not. No. I'm not interested in the Nick, rainbow. Nick, man, I I love watching you work, man. Keep doing your thing. So, what were the um, well, the, two things. So, right now, these are the charts that you've drawn out. Uh, I see a couple of these that you've that you've done, uh, and these were just shared on Twitter. Maybe you can uh, like this thesis that you have right now um, and a few things that I'm wondering, well, I guess, you know, th this chart actually is a really good one. It kind of proves your uh, thesis here. So you, do you see this dump dumping all the way down to the bottom of that wedge uh, line that you oh, have drawn? I pray that it doesn't, man. Like it's, it'll be painful. Like I really hope I'm wrong and I'm just seeing shit, but yeah, it looks weak. It looks really weak looking at that trend, you know, looking at this, it's done the exact same thing. Each of these like impulse legs up where, you know, you've seen this fake out retrace back and just a violent dump back that's led to the range lows. So, you know, like if this goes back down, if uh, spy goes back or SPX goes back down to, you know, this 3,300 range, oh, yeah. which would be where, Oh shit. Know, this, this is bottoms out. This is SPY. Yeah. I'm actually in yeah, agreement yeah, this with is SPY. you. I'm in so agreement. If it goes down to there, dude, I don't see any way that BTC holds that 20K support. And like, I want to, you know, I like inherently, I think if you're involved in the crypto space, you should natively, your native bias should be bullish, bullish, right? Like, why else are you here in the yeah. longer run? So like, I think that it'll come back, but dude, if it, you know, I, I don't know if it'll go this low. I, I'm hoping and praying it doesn't, but like, you know, the main thing here is just showing, okay, here's a similar structure, blah, 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 fake out here. You know, if that 18K level goes, dude, there's going to be a liquidation cascade. Who knows how low it'll go? You know, will it end at the 13, 14 level where we, you know, have decent support? Will it go lower? I don't know. But like one thing I'm confident of is it'll eventually bounce back. So just stack.
Yeah. I, I, I love that quote. This guy doesn't take field goals. Also, <laughs> apparently it's popular right now to go for it on fourth down is the new equivalent of, uh, I guess, Steph Curry's three-point revolution yep, in the, the stats NBA. Are, yeah, the stats <laughs> are in your favor, baby. You got to go for it on the fourth. That's what you should have been doing, man. The, so that's the, that's the new format, and that's, I guess, uh, uh, Kalea's been doing that since birth. So um, <laughs> uh, what, there was one other well, – Well, I guess actually you just summarized it. What were you going to say, Pia? No, no, I was just commenting on the fourth down thing. I mean, dude, this uh, this this going down that deep is something. I mean, frankly, we've been saying I think that uh, S and P was set up for another twenty five to thirty percent reduction, primarily because if you look at the history, the PE ratio historicals, we're still off based on that. Whether or not you believe that that number, because for the past ten years we've consistently been above uh, that level. But if you follow, you know, the sort of Warren Buffett uh, theory of value and some of these other things, well, we should drop another, you know, 30% or something like that in the S&P 500. So don't break my heart, Nick. Don't break my heart. I don't <laughs> want to hear it. <laughs> your technicals are lining up. And, and, and I think the you know, there are a lot of um, negative signs. That said, you know, what I look for in that sort of environment I don't view that as breaking uh, breaking anyone's heart. Instead, I'm more bullish on that. If anything, I look at my own portfolio construction right now and I say, am I too overexposed to NFTs at this moment in time? Because I have hundreds of thousands of dollars still sitting in NFTs. And that's where I say, you know what? Like, do I actually think this macro level? And I, I wonder from your standpoint, uh, what, like outside of, I don't know what your level of exposure is on the pudgy penguins here, for example. <laughs> uh, but but uh, although you are you are one of the strongest advocates of the pudgy ecosystem, um, yo, where were you during the bear time, huh? That's the real question I got for, got hey, for hey, you. Hey, first off, first <laughs> off, I bought in to the pudgies back over here is when I started to buy in, right? Like, okay, so you know that, that kind of is the bear still, right? You know, like. My this chart is hilarious. Is, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's just like hilarious that we went from Bitcoin <laughs> to ETH to Tesla to just uh, top left pudgy penguins. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Hey, you know, what I've always said when it comes to NFTs is waiting until I get a better understanding of where I can extract some type of alpha from. I've never been good at leading about like what mint is going to be the next hot mint, right? But like, you know, charts speak to me. And whenever I saw this chart back there, I was like, okay, if it does, you know, climb to there, looks like a massive flag that's been accumulating since August of 21. And if this weren't pudgy and this said Bitcoin or something else, I don't see how people wouldn't be bullish on it. So it's obviously, you know, this chart right here is native and ETH. And you can look through a lot of different um, NFT charts that are, you know, different, you know, like they've got different trends, different whatever. So like, that was one of the things that made me really bullish on the pudgies was this type of a setup. And, you know, we'll see whether or not it works out. I mean, TBD, it's done decently so far. But, you know, I think that it like, I don't know. Unfortunately, there really aren't that many pairs that you can really find right now on TradingView easily. Like, Board Ape Yacht Club. <laughs> Board Ape Yacht Club one is... I don't know. Like, I think I actually looked at it. I I lost some ape followers after I shared this chart. What's um, what's what's your target? I mean, like 
30 ETH or, you know, worst case scenario, 15. <laughs> oh my God, stop it. So, <laughs> I don't know, Nick. Let's I don't go know. Kaleo. Let's I, do it. I actually I don't know. 30, so, 15, somewhere there. Do, do they have CryptoPunks on here? Because I actually have been saying this all along. A lot of people were like, Nick had the best CryptoPunk trade ever. And I'm like, I think I'm going to be down 50% like before all is said and done. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so will, will you buy into punks at that level or, or sorry, into apes at that level or do you not even hey, give a shit? Bro, if apes hit like this, which I don't, I really don't think they'll hit there. I don't know. I, I bet just gut feeling if they bottom out, it'd be around here. We'll see. You know, really interesting. We haven't had a full NFT cycle yet. Yeah, man, if somehow it went down to there, there's no way I'm not buying apes. I, I wanted to stop you there real quick. And you just said something, which is how I've been feeling for a large portion of this. We have not seen a full NFT cycle. And and I just want to confirm what your sort of thesis is on that. Do you think we got another like 50% down here to go on NFTs on the blue chips? Like how, what, what's the bottom of a cycle uh, for you? <laughs> Dude, that's a great question. I mean... Okay, so why I pulled up apes there is because apes really do, you know, when you're talking about apes, they're like the Bitcoin or ETH of the market here, right? Like, you know, I kind of have a feeling what apes do, a lot of the other stuff are going to follow. So if apes do crash, I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see whether it leads toward that liquidity going elsewhere in NFTs, which would support something like, you know, the pudgy bullish case or whether it just bleeds you know, liquidity across the entire ecosystem. I'm not sure, man. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I mean, that's why I've really kept my, what I've gotten involved in a little bit more concentrated and I haven't aped in too heavy, you know, dude, I, I don't know. I only have like nine pudgies and like 50 something littles, like nothing insane, you know, but it's fun. It's something different. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just, it's tough to see. It's tough to say what exactly is going to happen. If this capitulation does happen, though, I, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Well, the biggest thing, and it, it feels inevitable to me personally, primarily because of the uh, turnover of apes is incredibly slow, uh, as well as p punks as well. You see volume of something like three sold in a day. And to me, that's just like warning flag out the out the wazoo of like, like if suddenly a lot of people start seeing the price go down and panic, the, there's no Woo! like there, there's no strength in these floors at that point in time, outside because it's all of us collectively saying, yeah, we're gonna hold on to this thing at any level. And we spoke with someone the other day. I'm not gonna name names, but we went out to dinner with somebody who was talking about how they sold multiple apes in uh, recent weeks. And, and I think that um, because th they had seen a lot of their, so pre other deeds, a lot of apes had a lot of money, myself included, where I think my portfolio um, was up to like a three, nearing $3 million with, with, uh, with some of the uh, apes, ape coin, ape uh, mutants and everything else. And I, I actually fortunately sold one of the mutants near the top there, sold a coda. Like a lot of the trades worked out. But the bottom line is there's just not like as much as there's liquidity per se, it's very limited as to it's it's what would it take for you to sell? 
What would it take for Nick to be able to say, you know what? I'm at a point where I'm going to sell my ape. Well, the distinction for me right now is between, because I have a punk and an ape, I feel like I have the holy grail. What I've been doing instead is selling other assets. So I sold, for example, I sold my, uh, I sold a mutant ape. Well, I still have one. So I have the whole collection and I bought, added another deed. I've made so much in this uh, space over the the past year, just personally for me as an individual. It's not, I never hit 12 million or anything like that, but I, uh, I put in 30K total into this ecosystem and have pulled out close to a million dollars plus still have uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in the, um, in the NFT portfolio still. So, so people were like, Nick sold his doodle at the bottom. And I'm like, well, yeah, I bought a punk for 90K. I'm going to go take 20K off the table, basically. And like, let me offset because I said I wouldn't go back to the casino. And I went back to the casino <laughs> to, to, to buy this. So that, that's kind of been my, my main thing. I don't know. It's difficult for me holding on to that ape and now holding on to the punk to me is a symbol of my commitment to this ecosystem, but it's a major commitment. Like in a, uh, on a, mm-hmm. it, like on a relative a financial ba- perspective, it's, it's, I mean, it's unreasonable. Basically. Like I, I should go, it would be smarter of me to go like, or more conservative to go buy some real estate, turn it into rentals, put that in an LLC and like, you know, try try and develop something that's more conservative, but um, I don't know. It's, 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 I I don't know. I don't have a good answer. My original target was half a million for them. And we hit four sixty four four sixty something like that floor. I was that I should have realized that was close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, Nick, no, no, no. I get the exact same way, man. I'm such a perfectionist. I'm like, okay, you know, my target here. 48k but it's 27 920 like nope i'm on god mode it's gonna be perfect i don't care like it's gonna get there nick's like bring on 500 (laughs) let's go first like don't discount what you did because that's incredibly impressive too like just first things first i appreciate that i mean it's it's a miracle also right like there's 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 luck and a lot of other things that went into there was conviction that came with that but no one there's no rational way at the beginning of last year to say here's what my portfolio is going to be worth no one can no one could have predicted that and uh and i think the levels to which apes got were a level far beyond what anyone anticipated. So the fact that the level of this, the floor was even near half a million dollars for any period of time, like, is absolutely ludicrous. But I do appreciate that. I mean, it's still uh, what you were saying in terms of feeling like God. There, there were multiple moments over the past year where that definitely came in, where you have the 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 degree of euphoria was quite extreme, and. Uh, my then fiance was sitting at the uh, sitting at the beach and I was sitting by myself back at the house and watching the NFT market pump. And I was just flipping for thousands, <laughs> like every minute. And I'm like, I'm a genius. <laughs> like, um, uh, that, that was me, April 21. I remember I literally <laughs> tweeted this shit at like, you know, 7am where I woke up and I looked over, like I was up, you know, a couple million dollars that day. And I just looked, I was like, you know, literally flipping millions of dollars in bed from an iPhone. And that tweet like blew up and got thousands of likes. And I just felt like I was such a gangster, man. Like, you know, you just, you were, you go from whatever to what, yeah, I was like, am I? No, <laughs> I'll be the first to admit. Uh, but yeah, like 
you know, it's easy to get those feelings of euphoria when the market's doing that type of stuff. It's tough to know though when to really fully say, okay, like what am I willing to eat as an L? Because and, yeah. And, and when am I gonna take my gains? I mean, it seems mm-hmm. like it seems like after listening to to, to this conversation is it really like it's your level of maturity and tolerance for different things. It, it's constantly recalibrating as you go through each subsequent market cycle. You went through one and one of your market cycles that was included was playing that game. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the game. Um, RuneScape. RuneScape. And it was yeah. playing RuneScape was one of your market cycles. That was one of your, your, your times around. And you got to go through that sometimes where you, where you really take, uh, you take it on the chin and you came full circle from that. And so I, I think, and it sounds like, you know, you re- repeated some of that again with uh, the, just the sheer leverage that you were uh, <laughs> trading at. But I mean, uh, it, uh, in the end, you know, we, we can look back on it and you can say, well, I did pretty well. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, like if you're listening to this and you're going to be plugged into this game, obviously, you know, there are different levels of, hey, I love your dog in the background. P.O. Mine's right next to my feet. Yeah, um, I gotta check on her. But no, like there are different levels of degeneracy that you can take, but you're gonna see extremely volatile swings, and there are gonna be periods, and I mean long periods of times, where you just feel like shit. What the heck did I do? Like, say, you know, Nick, if somehow your ape does go down, say that like this happens, where you know I've always tweeted out, you can your favorite coin will lose eighty to ninety percent, and then another eighty to ninety percent in a bear market it can happen. Blah mm-hmm. blah. blah say apes do that you know and they hit 20k like that's gonna hurt whenever you sit there and you look at that right but like kind of you'll know you'll know where it's going longer term so it's not going to scare you away from it right but like still in the moment it doesn't feel good at that point in time you're hitting my target though this is this is what i've been saying is the price and i said i would just hold this eight like i know like i actually think it's going down to 30k it has been my expectation, but I'm, I'm totally down for that. What's going to suck is living through that for an extended period of time <laughs> where, where, where I'm sitting there and the price just is not returning back to this level. And where you're talking about, dude, t- a two-year bear when you've just been holding on to it. But I, I, I look back and all the people I was interviewing at the beginning of last year were basically a bunch of people that just kept accumulating E through the bear. That was all that they did. They kept accumulating. They kept buying. Some of them had bought punks. And, um, and, and they looked like geniuses in a bull market. But we got to end up like waiting for that to, to come back. And the real question is, during that bear, it's going to force – it has to force you to question everything. Yeah. No, it How- definitely does. How exposed are you willing to be during the bear market? Uh, I mean, you know, like in NFTs, honestly, I, I've close to hit my capacity for what I'm really <laughs> willing to put into them. You know, I've done enough to where I've like just having a little bit of skin in the game, you know, has done enough for me where I have learned so much more about the way that these things work and the move and, you know, the trading, et cetera, than I ever would have known had I not done anything at all. And that was a big objective of mine. This bear market is to understand NFTs better, because I think going into the next bull market, they will be the leader again, but on a way bigger scale than what we saw previously. I, I mean, way bigger scale the next couple of years. 
So, you know, I, I think waiting for that to get any type of experience would be foolish. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, I'm not trying to do anything insane right now, but it's, you know, like dipping my toes in certain areas, stacking more BTC and ETH, you know, if it uh, goes much deeper, I'll probably deploy the rest of the capital I've left if it, you know, really does take um, down into the low teens, then we'll see. You know, so, but until then, man, I'm just, you know, my game plan is slowly deploying capital over the next year. And, you know, we'll hopefully, hopefully all of it pays off in the next few years, whenever the bull run does come back, because I believe there will be another bull run. I don't think that it's all said and done. You know, crypto will be the highest growth sector out of any market over the next couple of decades. Um, well, I, I really appreciate you taking this time that we could keep talking for a long time. And uh, uh, I, yeah, I definitely enjoy that. We should have you come back on uh, in a couple of months and, and we can re-explore some of the technical stuff that you're doing with NFTs, um, as well as sort of how you're feeling in the market at this point in time. But um, you shared a lot of, uh, I think, personal stories about your journey during this, which is so insightful and humbling and helpful and uh, inspiring all at once. So I think that that's something that um, is incredibly valuable. So thanks for that. Yeah, man, really, really enjoyed the time. Appreciate having y'all on. Uh, or appreciate y'all having me on. It, it's been a good one. Cy Viper said best one in a while. Love well, it. Yeah, love it. But also F you, Cy Viper. We're doing good stuff <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Just playing. Uh, he, he Shout out to everyone watching. And Kaleo, I echo everything Nick said. This was fantastic. An hour and 20 flew by. We could have gone for another hour. I literally am late to dinner plans. Uh, thanks so much oh, for coming. Oh, shoot. Back. My bad, y'all. No, no. Your, right. your boy's well, having dinner at 5.30. <laughs> Seriously, thanks for coming. We got to do it again. This was awesome. All right. Y'all take it easy. Yep. See you, man. See ya. And here's